Amen. Genesis chapter number one, and then we'll go to 2 Corinthians chapter number six. Genesis one, one through four, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Look at somebody and tell them, and God divided. Look at somebody else and tell them, God divided the light from the darkness. God divided the light from the darkness. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, verses 17 and 18. And that leads us into chapter 7 and verse 1. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Amen. I hear my help over there. Amen. I want him to keep on doing it. And I will receive you and will be a father unto you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And God divided the light from the darkness. I'm going to preach for a little while tonight on the power of separation. The power of separation. Lord, I pray that you would anoint me to preach, anoint our ears to hear, help the seed find good ground and let it bring forth fruit to harvest some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, confirm your word with signs following and show yourself alive. God, do your work in this place, in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a good praise as you're being seated. The Bible opens with a monumental statement. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It's hard for the human mind to comprehend the magnitude of that statement. We struggle to formulate and understand how there can be nothing at all. Not just empty space, but no space at all. Just God. And into the void, He speaks, and the universe appears. Within that universe is a small planet that the Bible called the Earth. The earth, the Bible said, was without form. As you've heard me say many times, if you've ever been in a home Bible study with me, you know that we touch this verse quite a bit. The earth was without form. The Hebrew word here means chaos. The world was in chaos. 
The earth was in chaos and the earth was void, empty. And the earth was covered in darkness. Chaotic, empty, and dark. God's creation existing in chaos, empty, and dark. And then in that state, something remarkable begins to happen. The Bible said the Spirit of God began to move on that dark, chaotic, empty space. And while the Spirit of God was moving, the voice of God thundered the words that began the process of reordering a chaotic world. God said, let there be light. And when God's word spoke, creation responded to his word. And the Bible says, and there was light. Over the first seven days of creation, this process was repeated. The voice of God spoke commands to his creation, and his creation responded in kind. There are myriad lessons to be learned in the creative week. Creation teaches us about the ways the works and the principles of God and His kingdom. We learn the ways of God by His creation. Psalms 19 and 1 tells us that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth His handiwork. The things in the natural often reflect things that are in the spiritual. And so it is that we learn powerful lessons from God's creative process. Time does not permit us tonight to truly delve into all the lessons we learn from God's great creative process. But I do feel that God has laid a word on my heart for this church tonight. The first words ever spoken over the world was let there be light, and it caused light to pierce darkness. And then God did something that set a pattern for his entire creative process. After he created the light, and there was light, Genesis 1 and 4, and God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Young's literal translation relays this verse. As God seeth the light that it is good and God separateth between the light and the darkness. The second creative act of God was to divide and separate the light from the darkness. That word divide in the original Hebrew language, it means to separate, to distinguish to put a difference between, to set apart, to make a distinction, and to separate oneself. God commanded that light be separated from the darkness. God spoke separation into his creation. He told the light, you have no part in darkness. He told the light to separate itself from the darkness. He told the light, that it was set apart, different, and distinguished from the darkness. And God commanded the principle 
of separation on his creation because God saw that light was good and that good light has nothing to do with darkness. Amen. When what he had made responded to his call for separation, it led then creation, it led that creation to a higher level. When God said, let there be light, and there was light, and then he told the light, you've got nothing to do with darkness. Be separate from the darkness. And when the light separated itself from the darkness, the Bible said that he took his creation then to even a higher level. And God began to create again. The Bible said that he created a firmament, the visible expanse of the sky. And when he looked at the firmament, he said, it's good. And when God sees something good, he says, that something good can't mix with something evil. And so he spoke separation at something that was good. When he looked at the firmament, here's what God said in Genesis 1 and 6. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Let it divide. Let it be separate. The waters above have nothing to do with the waters below. And so I'm going to put a firmament between them. And the purpose of the firmament is to separate, to divide. It's set apart. It's different. Amen. When his creation responded to that call for separation, God then took his creative power to another level again. Once again, he orders separation. Genesis 1 and 9. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God said, there's a difference between the land and the water. There's difference between the land and the oceans, the land and the lakes, the land. And so God gathered the waters and he separated the water from the land. And because the land responded to God's call for separation in verse number 11, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And so when the earth responded to God's call for separation, creation went to another level. It started in chaos and emptiness and darkness. And then when he called light out, he separated it. And when the earth responded, then he made a firmament and he separated it. And then when it responded, he separated the land from the water. And it was when it responded, he took his creation to another level. And he caused grass and trees and plants to come out. And then God spoke another word of separation. Verse number 14 of Genesis 1. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs, for seasons, for days, and years. If you want new seasons, and you want new years, and you want new days, 
There's got to be division and separation that comes. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm, I'm hoping that at some point here it starts to click in what I'm really talking about. Let there be lights in the ferment to divide. He said, what we need are moons and stars and a sun to divide the day and night so that when people look up, they know if it's daytime because the sun's shining or it's nighttime because the stars are out. But the day and the night need to be separated because the day is nothing like the night and the night is nothing like the day. So I'm going to put separation there. And when the creation responded to God's call for separation, creation again advanced to another level. The Bible says that day and night and light and darkness appear. And when day and night separated, verse number 17 and 18 of Genesis 1, and God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day, over the night, and to... Y'all with me? And to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. God saw that light belongs over here and darkness belongs over here. God saw that the purpose was to cause a separation between light and darkness. And when God saw light and darkness separate, God said, that's good. That's something that my people and my creation needs. Oh, praise God. God spoke to his creation and separated them again. And when creation responded to God's call for separation, then it went to another level of creation. God then made fish and whales and birds, the birds to fly in the air and the fish to swim in the sea. And then God said, let there be cattle on the land and animals that would live on the land. And then from there, God went to his greatest crowning achievement, and that is his creation of humanity. Genesis 1:27. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he, him. And then God brought separation. Male and female created he, them. He said there's a difference. I know what modern society says. I know what modern politics say. I know what, what all this culture says. But I'm telling you what the Bible says. He created man and then he separated male and female. Praise God. God said there's a difference between men and women. Oh, hallelujah. Man, I am, I am not going to be liked by the woke police tonight. I'm not going to be popular. But I didn't sign up to be popular. I signed up to be biblically correct. And God put a division between men and women. Men, you shouldn't want to be a woman. And woman, you shouldn't want to be a man. God made you the way you are. I'm not purposely trying to get us kicked off social media, but I am purposely trying to preach a biblical principle into the heart 
of the people of God. God spoke separation into every level of creation. And when he spoke separation and they did it, he took it to a higher level. It starts out. It starts out in this, in this void, empty, dark situation. And then God speaks creation to it. And he orders separation. And when he orders separation, creation responds. And so God says, well, since you, since you went that far, I'll take you a little bit further. Then he creates a firmament. And when creation responds to that, he said, here's the purpose of the firmament. To separate, to divide. And when it responds, he takes it to another level. He says, okay now, since you, you, you're willing to go that far with me, let me take you to another level. Water, get out of land's way. Because water and land need to be separated. And when creation responded to his word and call for separation, all of a sudden grass and trees start growing. And he looks and he says, man, I like the way this is working out. Every time that I send a call for separation, new life begins to happen. And so then when he separates the land from the water, all of a sudden the next thing you know, there's whales and fish and birds and cattle and animals. And then he makes man. And then he separates men from women. Because every level in God's creation advances through separation. Woo, hallelujah. I wish to God I'd heard someone preach this before because I'd, like I'd like to preach some of their thoughts. But all I got are what I feel like God gave me on it. And then God calls for separation again. Genesis 2, 2 and 3 on the seventh day. God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, made it holy. He said, day seven, you are not like day one, and you're not like day two and three and four and five and six. You're different because you are a day of worship. And so your day of worship is different from all the other days. Here's where I lose some of you. It's fine to go fishing on day six morning, but on seventh day morning, your job is to worship. It's fine if you want to go hunting on day one, but I'm separating day one from day seven. Day one can be hunting day, but day seven is worship day. How far y'all want me to go with this? Am I doing okay? Day six is family reunion day. But day seven is worship day. There's a difference. But Sunday's not like every other day. Worship day's not like every other day. Do what you want to on Tuesday. But when it comes time to worship God, you better come and worship because God separated the days. And so he separated again. And so in verse 2 and 3 of chapter 2, God separates one more time. And in verse 7, look what happens. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. 
And man became a living soul. Every time that God speaks separation into his kingdom, new life comes to a higher level. It starts out without form and void and dark. And before long, there's light and darkness. And then there's a firmament to separate them. And when they're separated, then there's stars and moon and the sun. And then when that separates, then he says, oh, then he separates the land from the water, and then grass begins to grow. But he's got a higher, he's got a higher order of creation than grass and trees. So he separates the water from the land and he takes it to another level. And there's cattle and animals and squirrels and lions and tigers and bears, oh my, and all of this. And, and then he takes it to another level and he forms man of the dust of the earth and then he separates the days and then the spirit of God breathes life into a dead inanimate man and man becomes a living soul because every time that creation responds to God's call for separation there's a higher level of life that comes into what God has made Woo! hallelujah my God I want to preach this I wish I was preaching at youth convention or general conference. Or more like, I wish I was preaching at the National Mall or at Times Square. Because the world needs to know. Five times God demanded separation on behalf of his creation. He ordered it to be set apart. Light from darkness, land from water, sky from earth, work from worship, male from meat, female. But God did. This is the fulcrum. The whole message rests upon God did not arbitrarily order separation without a purpose. Every time creation responded to his call to separate, God answered and took creation to a higher level. From chaos and void and dark to light and life and living and finally his breath breathing life. Every call to separation was followed by advancement to another level of creation. Hallelujah. Oh, God. I'm preaching something that modern man has forgotten about. I'm preaching something that modern Christianity has forgotten about. I'm preaching something that modern Christians have in large part forgotten about, that every call to separation was followed by an advancement to another level of creation. Each call was not, was not arbitrary, but each call was purposeful to take the creation to a higher level. And we learn kingdom spirits, kingdom principles from the process of creation, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. And by watching how God created, we learn principles of his kingdom. Hallelujah. And God has determined that new levels in him are only accessed when his creation responds to a call of separation. New levels don't just happen. New levels don't just appear. High, going higher in God is not a result merely of the passage of time. But new levels in God only comes when his people respond to his call to be separate from the world. 
is my considered opinion that the reason that what passes as modern Christianity has lost traction to false religions and atheism is not because of too much separation, but because Christians have stopped being different from the world. You can quit shouting now. But I remember a time when Pentecostals used to worship when holiness was preached. I remember a time when we used to be thankful that God made us different from the world. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, you got to help me. You got to help me tonight. The platforms and the pews of the church in many places are no different than the platform of the concert hall or the stage of an arena. The result is a dead church and dead denominations and spiritually dead families and powerless pulpits. New levels don't come from laziness and new levels don't come from carnality and new levels don't come from worldliness. New levels only come when we take our separation to another level. Because new levels come when we respond to God's spiritual call to a higher life. I'm going to shout myself a little bit. That's good holiness preaching right there. Leviticus 10 and 10. And that you may put a difference. Everybody say difference. Between holy and unholy. And between clean and unclean. There is a difference between a child of God and a sinner. There's a difference between the church and the world. And that's God's way. From the very first thing that God ever spoke, let there be life. And then God said light is supposed to be separate from the darkness. If you want another level in your life, it only will come when you look at yourself and you begin to jettison worldliness and carnality out of your spirit, out of your lifestyle. That level only comes when God's spirit says come up higher and you start shedding the things that hold you back. There's a call for separation in this end time. Hallelujah. You do not go to the next level of power with low-level living. You do not go to the next level in power with lower-level living. If you find yourself stuck spiritually, if you find yourself paused and stunted, consider the possibility that God is calling you to a higher level of separation in life. There is, as you see, a common theme that emerges from the Scripture when it comes to how God sees His people. God sees us as only belonging to Him as unique, different, special people. Repeatedly, He described His church as peculiar people, different from everyone else, unique to Him, separated from the world, special and unique in our ways of serving Him, Four times the Bible called his people peculiar people. 
In Deuteronomy 19 and 5, he called us a peculiar treasure. The word treasure means a jewel. The English word means to cherish or value. God treasures people that are peculiar and different from the world. There's a, all right, I'll preach some more then. There's always been pressure on God's people to conform to the world, its ways, and its lifestyles. The devil has always tried to pressure the church into being like the culture that surrounds it. There is a constant pressure on God's people and on the pastor and the ministry to conform to what is acceptable by society and religion. The pressure comes from all sides and all angles. The Old Testament, in in the Old Testament, Israel was pressured. Build idols like the Babylonians, the Egyptians, the Assyrians, and the Philistines. Adopt the dress and the jewelry and the standard of the Egyptians and the people around you. Worship like everyone else does. Talk like the children of Ashdod and Ammon. Have a king like everybody else has. Sing the songs that everybody else sings. Speak everyone else's religious language. A constant barrage against the church to blend into society, to assimilate into culture, to integrate into the religious practices of the world. It's the call of the church from the world. Be like us. Talk like us. Worship like us. Think like us. Live like us. Dress like us. Go where we go. Do what we do. Worship like we do. Pray like we do. Approach God like we do. Go to church like we do. The constant pressure of the world and the religious world against God's holy church is constant. And day by day, our kids go to school and feel the pressure to be like everybody else. Our men and women go to work and feel the pressure to be like everybody else. But may I tell you tonight that there is a call on God's church to be separate from everything. It's the order of God's creation. You were created to be separate from darkness. preaching against the spirit of the age that wants to make you think why do I got to be different from everybody else you've got to be different because you were created for a higher level than the person you sit by at school was you're different you're different because you were created to be different than the guy down the assembly line from you you're not supposed to tell the jokes they tell you're not supposed to look at the pornography they look at you're not supposed to put the stuff in your body that they do you were created for higher levels and that higher level only comes when you're separated You can only advance in God when you decide, I want to be like him more than I want to be like the world. I've come to this pulpit tonight to reinforce a consistent theme of the Bible, both Old and New Testaments, which declare that we are a peculiar people. We are in the eyes of the world And by the design of God. Let me say that again. We are in the eyes of the world. And by the design of God. Different 
and odd and strange compared to everybody else. It has never been in God's mind for the church to be like anything else in this world. We're not like the sports club. We're not like the eagles and the elks and whatever other fraternal orders there might be. We are not like other denominations and other religions and other groups. We are not like the people that live for this world. You may be tempted to say that holiness is an Old Testament principle and that grace covers everything. But may I tell you that God has always called his people to a higher lifestyle than the world. If you want to go to another level, then you got to live at another level. Let me say it again. If you want to go to another level, you got to start living at another level. You've got to decide, I don't want this world as much as I want another level in God. The common refrain from dead Christianity is grace covers it all. That's an Old Testament principle you're preaching, Pastor. I don't take all that. Well, listen, God didn't call you to be the pastor, number one. And number two, you're t- telling something that's not true biblically. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18. Wherefore, come out from among them. Hey, gra- grab that Bible, Brother Austin. or e- Either one. And, and tell me, if first if 2 Corinthians is in the New Testament, or is it in the Old Testament? It's in the New Testament. So it's after the cross, after the blood, after the resurrection, right? It's New Testament. Anybody that tells you the principles of holiness are an old covenant principle, you need to be sure that you know they're lying to you. This is a New Testament principle. God said, come out. From among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing. And touch not the unclean thing. That means the unholy ghost filled girl that's been flirting with you. That means that good looking boy that just wants to get you in the back seat of a car and has no idea about worship. Touch not the unclean thing. That means the bottle you lift to your lips to make yourself drunk or the needle you put in your arm. Touch not the un- God said you've got to do it. It's a call to separation. It's a call to separation. It's a call to separation. But when God gives a call to separation, he has the intention of taking you to a higher level. preaching about the power of separation come out from among them and be ye separate saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing why would I want to do that why can't I be like everybody else why don't I just do like everybody else does and then on Sunday I'll act like I'm all holy why why do I want to do all that here's why you want to do it I God says I will receive you I'll be a father unto you and you'll be my sons and daughters saith the Lord Almighty. Amen. Because a call to separation always predicts a higher level of living. 
Pat, am I doing okay? If they kick me out of here for preaching it, can I come to your church? Bishop, I remember this kind of preaching. Used to have the aisles full of people shouting. And that's why I'm preaching it again. Because I don't want this church to lose its taste for higher levels in God. I don't want us to lose our taste for biblical holiness preaching. He said, come out from among them and be ye separate. God, give us a desire to not live low-level life like the world does. We're not better than them. We're not better than the drug addict. We're not better than the alcoholic. We're not better than the prostitute. But we're also not called to live like them. Now, now, he says, this, this is the very next thing you say. Well, he's not talking about holiness. He's talking about how you worship or this or that or whatever. No, the very next verse says this. Having therefore these promises. Dearly beloved, let us. Well, God, if you'll take it away from me. No, 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 no. Let us cleanse ourselves. From all. From all. From all. Aaron, am I doing okay? Man, I know if I'm not, it's not for lack of trying, because I'm trying my best. From all filthiness. Well, God don't really care about my, my outside. He only cares about my heart. No, the Bible says cleanse from filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Well, I'm, I'm good in my heart. You're not good in your heart if you're not letting it work its way out. So cleanse yourself from the flesh and spirit, perfecting Holiness. Ooh, Jesus. Bishop, I'm going to get myself in trouble right here. You got my back though, right? All right. Perfecting holiness. Holiness is not perfect if you look right on the outside, but you're rotten on the inside. And holiness isn't perfect if you're sweeter than honey on the inside, but you hadn't let it work its way to the outside. Perfect holiness is flesh and spirit. And God, give me a taste. Give me a love. Give me, help me hear that call for another level. Is anybody in this church hungry for a higher level? Is anybody hungry to go to another level in your walk with God? Is anybody ready to step into another level of revival and dominion in this world? I've got a taste for it. God, I want another level. And when I want another level, God says, you've got to come to another level of separation. Because separation always preceded another level of creation. First Samuel 17 and 1, now the Philistines. Everybody say yuck. Yes. Now the Philistines. Yes. Now the Philistines. Yes. They were the enemies of God's people. Always trying to destroy them and bring them down. Now the Philistines. Yes. I'm going to keep doing that to you until you say it like you mean it. Now the, see here's the problem. We like the Philistines a little more than we ought to. Praise God. We, we, we like them more than we used. Now, see, when David dealt with Philistines, he cut their heads off. When we deal with Philistines, we say, oh, that's okay. I don't mind it so bad. Now the Philistines. Yes. 
gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shoko, which belongeth to Judah. The Philistines are coming. This is the battle. This is the battle where in a few verses, David's going to chop Goliath's head off. The greatest, the most famous battle in history, David and Goliath. In just a few moments, the little shepherd boy, armed only with a sling, is going to go up against a nine-foot-tall behemoth, and he's going to let that rock fly, and he's going to knock that giant down. And then he knows if that giant gets back up, I'm dead meat. So he takes the giant's own sword and cuts his head off and says, I'm never going to have to deal with that big old ugly loser again for the rest of my life. But before that, the Philistines are coming against the people of God. And the Bible said that they gathered their armies together and they came to Soko, which belonged to Judah. Here's what the word Soko means. Anybody want to know? The word soko means a fence or a hedge. God's enemies attack God's people at their fences and their hedges. Amen. Can I tell you the devil does not like it when you build a fence between you and him. Moms and dads, the devil doesn't like it when you build fences between your kids and him. Husbands and wives, the devil doesn't like it when you build fences between you and him. And so the first place the devil attacks is always where your fence is. That's why you got to build fences to keep the Philistines out. You've got to keep the Philistines out of your heart, out of your spirit, out of your mind, out of your marriage, out of your home, out of your life. You've got to build fences because there's a call from God to separation. What I'm preaching will take us to a higher level. The Philistines say, serve us or die. And so they know, if we're going to get them, we got to attack them where the fences and the hedges are. And it's a shame that Saul wouldn't fight for a fence. And it's a shame that Eliab wouldn't fight for offense. It's a shame that it took a young person to fight a battle that an adult ought to be fighting. <laughs> you know what? We've got so many new people over the last two or three years. Man, I love them so much. I love them so much. You know what, Brother Wilson, they never argue with me about holiness. They never fuss with me about holiness. Man, they're so glad to be off dope and full of the Holy Ghost, to be out of depression and anxiety and misery. They never fuss about holiness. Our, our young people, our Davids in the camp don't fight about holiness. It's the Sauls that's been here for a long time that they want to pick up stuff that God took off of them 25 years ago. But they want to get it back. you got to rebuild the fence or you'll never go to another level. You're letting Goliath in. When you drop your fence, you're letting the giant in your marriage. Well, I'm going to shout about it because that's some of the best preaching I've done in 19 years of pastoring this church. God, give us a commitment to old-time holiness. 
I refuse to drop my heads. I refuse to drop my fence. I refuse to. If Saul won't fight, I'll fight. Listen, parents, just listen, young folks, just because your parents allow some things in their life doesn't mean you have to let it in yours. Just because they watch some stuff don't mean you need to watch it. Just because they wear some stuff don't mean you need to wear it. If they won't set a fence, you set a fence for yourself and say, I won't let Goliath destroy my fence. And listen, moms and dads, just because your kids fuss at you and whine about it doesn't give you permission to lower your holiness standard. You enforce it in your home. Let's keep Goliath out of our families. It's a call. It's the power of separation. I'm preaching the most unpopular message in 2023. Fences and hedges tell the devil he's gone too far. The Philistines attacked Shoko because it represented the limit of how far they could go. The devil has many in the church convinced that holiness is restrictive, but in reality, it's a giant deterrent. It keeps him out of your life. Stand with me. I'm preaching about the power of separation. The devil attacks the fences. Can you, can you throw that last verse back up for me, please, sister? The Philistines gathered together their armies to battle, and they were gathered together at Soko, at the fence. But this next phrase is the one I like here. Which belongs to Judah. Philistines, this isn't your fence. You don't have the right to tell us how to dress and how to worship and how to live and how to pray. You don't have the right to define for me what's godly and not godly. You don't have the right to tell me that I'm, that I'm a bigot just because I believe that God separated one thing from another. You don't have, it's not your fence. The fence doesn't belong to hell. And the fence doesn't belong to Hollywood. And the fence doesn't belong to Washington, D.C. The fence doesn't belong to politicians. The fence doesn't belong to other denominations. The fence belongs to the people of worship. And I am going to worship God in the beauty of holiness. There's a call. There's a call. There's a call to another level of living. It's the power of separation. Woo! Hallelujah. Woo, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, there's a call, Bishop. There's a call on this end time hour to another level of living. But he never calls for separation without taking his creation to a higher level. <laughs> There's days of revival for your family, mama. There's days of revival for your kids. There's days of revival for your home. There's days of revival for your grandchildren. 
There's days of revival for your moms and dads. There's days of revival in these halters. If we'll do what I'm preaching, our Sunday school classes will be full. Our prayer rooms will be full. Our baptistry will be full. Our altar will be full. Because every time we respond to a call to separation, God, God takes us to a higher level of creation. Anybody feel that call on your heart? Anybody feel that call on your spirit? It's the power of separation. say something with all the love and compassion. And I mean this honestly, Sister Wilson. I mean this with all my heart. I'm not trying to be ugly or offensive. But I do need to tell some folks that the reason you've been stagnated and stuck in the same spiritual place for a long time is because you've determined that that's as far as you're willing to go in separation. And God can't take you to another level of living because you've chosen to stay at a lower level of separation. The call to separation always precedes the next level of creation. Why don't you lift your hands all over this place? presence of the Lord here. I apologize if anything I've said has come across as, as, as hateful. But I can promise you it's only been preached because I understand that there's higher levels. There's higher places. There's a higher level of creation for you. There's a higher level of anointing for your life. And they're always preceded by God's call to divide. Come on, let's pray all over this place. Respond to the Spirit of the Lord. Talk to Him. God, help me to know. God, I'm hungry. hungry for more of you, Lord. God, I'm hungry for more of you. I'm hungry to see your glory, God. I'm hungry, God, to stand in your gates. God, I'm hungry to see you do the miraculous. God, I'm hungry to feel your glory. Are you hungry? Are you hungry for another level in God? Even if you've not come to the altar yet, what well, you can come right now. We'll make room. The folks that are here, you'll step forward, won't you? You'll make room for more. Won't you make let's step closer? Let's make room for more. Because I feel like there's still more people that are hungry for more. God, I want more. 
than what I felt. I don't want to be stuck where I've been. It's the call. It's the call. Do you feel the pull of it? Do you feel the call of it? Do you feel the call? Do you feel the voice of God saying, come closer to me? And if you'll come closer, I'll take you to a higher level of creation. You may be without form and void now, but if you'll respond as I lead you, in the end, I'll breathe the breath of life into you and you'll become alive. You may be dark and empty now, but if you'll respond as I call, I'll breathe the breath of life into you. You'll come alive like never before. If you'll yield to my call to separation, you'll come alive like never before. over and pray for somebody close to you. There's a call of the Spirit here right now. There's a call of the Spirit here right now. There's a welcoming of the Holy Ghost here. He's saying, come up higher. Come closer. I'll reveal more to you. I'll give more. Some of y'all feel led to go pray for somebody. We, we don't. We, we can do it. We just need to be led by the Holy Ghost. Is what I
Are you already thinking of some ways, somehow, some things that you can turn loose of, some things that you can separate from so you can go to a higher level? Why don't you just pray right now, God, help me to reach up, help me to go beyond where I am right now. Whatever I have to do to get there, God, help me to separate myself from the world. Call on him just a little bit, everybody all over the building. Lift your voice, lift your hands, Jesus. Oh, help me to know where I need to go. Help me to do what I need to do. Help me to separate from the world like I need to separate. Because I want to go to another level, higher level. Closer to you, Jesus. Closer to you, Jesus. Closer to you. How many appreciates this word tonight? How many appreciates this word? Come on, tell Pastor. Preach it again, Pastor. Tell him to keep on preaching it, Pastor. We need it. We're going to draw closer to God, and you're going to lead us to it. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Be back Wednesday night. Let's keep believing, keep praying. Let's watch what God's going to do. Got one to be baptized in Jesus' name tonight. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be safe in Jesus' name.